Welcome to Winning Isn't Easy. I'm Nancy Cavey, National Arrest of Disability Attorney. Before we get started, I've got to give you a legal disclaimer. This podcast is not legal advice. The Florida Bar Association says, I've got to say it, so I've said it. Let's get down to business. I'm going to talk about three things today. First, before you apply for or file a claim for benefits, you should know what policies you have. Number two, before you apply for or file a claim for benefits, you should know what's in your policy. And number three, before you apply for or file a claim for benefits, you should know how to pick the right day to be disabled. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll begin. Stay tuned. Have you been robbed of your peace of mind from your disability insurance carrier? You owe it to yourself to get a copy of Robbed of Your Peace of Mind, which provides you with everything you need to know about the long-term disability claim process. Request your free copy of the book at kvlaw.com today. Before you apply for or file a claim for benefits, you need to know what policies you have. Well, what are the potential policies you might have? The first you might have is an individual disability insurance policy, and that's the best and it's customized to you and your personal needs. Secondly, you might have an ERISA disability policy that you bought through your employer. The third might be an ERISA disability policy that you have through an association. Or you also might have a life insurance policy or a group insurance policy that has a waiver of premium that allows you to keep you, your coverage while you remain disabled. Or if you're a business owner, you might have two additional types of coverage. You might have business overhead insurance that covers business expenses during the period of disability. And you might have a disability buyout policy. That's known as a key man insurance policy. The money is paid to the business to buy out the disabled shareholder. So before we get started, let's get your policy or policies out. You might have one or you might have a number of policies. So I want you to get out a sheet of paper for each policy. Or you might want to just set it up in an Excel spreadsheet. I want you to page through the policy and I want you to write down key terms because we're going to compare them. Now, each policy has separate terms and separate requirements and potential interactions with each. So we want to understand that before we stop working and apply for benefits. What are some of the key uh, definitions you want to know? Well, you want to know, one, what the elimination period is. Two, you want to know what is the standard of disability? What do you have to prove to prove that you can't do your own occupation? Is it material and substantial duties? Next thing you want to understand is the definition of any occupation, because at some point your policy may transition into an uh, own occupation policy. So what's the standard uh, for the definition of disability? And you may begin to see that there are differences between these definitions. Now, you also want to understand a crucial term, and that's own occupation, because that can be defined differently. Is it your occupation that you were performing at the time you became disabled? Is it the occupation uh, that you were performing for your employer? Is it your occupation that's performed in the national economy? So it's key that we understand what it is, what your occupation is, because we have to prove that you can't do that occupation and not a job, an occupation. The next term you want to be looking for 
are going to be policy limitations in terms of the length of coverage. Mental nervous limitations, subjective condition limitations. These are traps. Now, the subjective medical condition is a particular trap because it may be so broad to include conditions like fatigue, migraines, soft tissue conditions. And you need to know that now because your benefits will only be limited to two years. The next set of policy definitions that are important in my view are going to be other income provisions. Most disability carriers will allow the carrier to reduce benefits by the receipt of these other income benefits. They can include personal injury settlements, workers' compensation settlements. Uh, They generally will include uh, social security disability benefits and dependent benefits, but they might even include things like retirement benefits. And the other thing you need to understand is um, whether or not there is any pre-existing condition clause that could potentially stop you in your tracks. Because if you recently got this policy and you become disabled uh, during uh, it was called a look back period or they're going to apply the look back period and say, hey, your coverage became effective on this date, but we're going to look back in the six months before this coverage became effective. And we're going to look to see whether or not you got any treatment for the condition that you're claiming to uh, be disabling. And that's called uh, basically pre-existing uh, condition clause exclusions. And we need to know that from the very beginning before you stop working or apply for benefits, because you may need to continue to get um, to continue work, but not get treatment. And that is obviously something you can't fix once you have uh, stopped working and you've applied for your benefits. So put that together either on a piece of paper or an Excel spreadsheet. Maybe you want to use different colors for your different policies so that you can start seeing the differences in the terms of these policies, because each policy has their own proof, their own mechanism of proof. And if you don't understand what it is you have to prove for each one of these policies, it can be a disaster if you pick the wrong date or you apply for benefits and you just don't have the supporting documentation that establishes that you meet the necessary definitions in your policy. All right, ready? We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to resume when we return. Stay tuned. So before you apply for uh, or file a claim for benefits, you need to know what policies you have and you need to know what's in your policy. Now, I touched a bit about what you should know uh, is in your policy, but one of the most important uh, policy terms that I think you need to know is what's called a residual disability benefit. Why is that important? Well, many people that I represent have been working while they've been disabled and they start to see a drop in their income and that might trigger their entitlement to monthly benefits based on a reduction of income. Now the issue becomes when did this income drop off? How can we prove this related to your disability? What's the method to calculate the before monthly income? Uh, Because that's the number against which everything's going to be compared. Uh, How do you calculate your post-disability monthly uh, earnings? And then ultimately, how do you calculate your entitlement to benefits? And you also want to know, is there a provision in this policy that says if you go so many months without collecting these residual disability benefits, you lose your right to those benefits? So things like the sale of a business asset, like a, a, a building or, or other 
property can impact the calculation and the payment of residual disability benefits. And I've seen that happen to a client who lost his disability benefits because the practice he was in sold a building that blew through his income uh, limits. And the carrier said, well, you don't have the necessary loss of income for the appropriate period of time. Too bad, so sad, your disability benefits are gone. Another key provision is notice. Um, and you need to be giving the carrier timely uh, notice. Uh, and that's really key, particularly if, we're, if we've got a residual disability claim. Uh, the other thing that I think um, is important uh, is the understanding of what the causal relationship is between the diagnosis and the restrictions and limitations and the inability to perform your own or any occupation. So you need to understand look, what's, what do I have to prove? What's in my medical records? And what are the symptoms that um, make me unable to do my own occupation or any occupation? And have I conveyed or can I convey that information to my physician and have my physician support the, um, uh, my application for disability benefits? Now, I want you to understand that these are key provisions in each of these policies. Uh, but what also is important is another provision in these policies that might say, look, if you get disability benefits from another disability carrier, we don't have to pay you benefits. Or we might get to subtract that or consider the amount of those benefits in calculating your benefits. So the other important thing we need to understand is the interaction between the disability insurance policies and whether they will offset or reduce each other. Because I've seen cases where a disability policy becomes worthless because one policy says that they can reduce their benefits by the receipt of benefits in another policy. Now, most individual disability policies won't say that, but ERISA disability policies just might say, hey, if you collect benefits, individual disability benefits, or you collect ERISA disability benefits from another carrier, guess what? We don't have to pay you benefits or we get to reduce um, that income. You need to know those sorts of things before you stop working and apply for your benefits. Now, I know this has been a lot of information to absorb. So let's take a break before we talk about the third topic. Are you a professional with questions about your individual disability policy? You need the Disability Insurance Claim Survival Guide for Professionals. This book gives you a comprehensive understanding of your disability policy with tips and to-dos regarding your disability application that will assist you in submitting a winning disability application. This is one you won't want to miss. For the next 24 hours, we are giving away free copies of the Disability Insurance Claim Survival Guide for Professionals. Order yours today at disabilityclaimsforprofessionals.com. Welcome back to Winning Isn't Easy. Let's talk about how to pick the right day to become disabled before you apply for benefits or stop working. Crucial mistakes happen because people don't know how to pick the right day to be disabled. So what do I mean? Well, the first question in my mind is what is the disabling condition? What is the medical condition that prevents you from working? What are the symptoms of your disabling condition? What's the objective proof of the diagnosis and restrictions and limitations? What's the causation between these restrictions and limitations and your inability to do your own occupational duties? Now, remember, when we started this podcast episode, we talked about knowing the definition of own occupation 
and what you have to prove in terms of disability. This is where we start to have the, the rubber meet the mat, if you will. Now, the next thing that's crucial in my view is looking at those medical records. Does your doctor support your claim? Are you seeing the right type of doctor? Is your doctor willing to fill out attending physician statement forms? Because if they aren't, the doctor doesn't support you, won't fill out forms. You need to know that now so that you can switch doctors because you cannot win a case without the support of your doctor. Now, the other thing you need to understand is that we want to correlate your date of disability with what's happening to you at work. What do I mean? I'll give you a couple of scenarios. It might be that um, you're on a medical leave of absence uh, and you've applied for your benefits and you're going to be terminated. You know, that that's what normally happens. That's not the scenario I'm talking about. What I'm talking about are two scenarios. One is where you're working while you're disabled, but you're not losing wages. You're hanging on by the skin of your teeth and you get terminated. Your claim is going to be denied because you were not disabled on the day you last worked. And by the way, when you decide to apply the next day, you didn't have any coverage. The other issue that we have, of course, is you are having problems. You're working. It's just a question of timing and you're hearing rumblings and you're scared that you're going to get terminated. I don't wait. I tell my clients, go get a doctor's note, take you out of work now so that we have a viable claim. So if in fact you get terminated, it doesn't matter because you were disabled at the time you applied and you still have your coverage. Now, the other issue that's important in terms of picking the right date of disability is your financial documents, particularly if you're a professional. If you have a residual disability insurance policy, what we're looking at is when did your disabling condition impact your income such that you're losing generally at least 80% of your pre-disability earnings. So we got to figure out what's the definition of pre-disability earnings. And we have to get the necessary financial documents to figure out, is it going to be the one-year average, the three-year average, a five-year average, or a 24-month average, depending on the, uh, the terms of your policy. So once we know that before monthly income, then we need to be looking at your monthly financials to figure out what it is you're earning. And are you losing at least 80%? Because if you are, then you might be eligible for your benefits. But then once we see the math, we've got to correlate it with the medical. And if the medical isn't showing your reporting of symptoms, impact on your functionality, difficulty doing your job, the carrier is going to be scratching their head saying, okay, well, I see, I see a financial loss, but what's the connection between your medical condition? Because you're not meeting the definition of disability here. So you can see in the case of a residual disability claim, that takes a heck of a lot of planning to do before you decide that you're disabled and picking the right date to be disabled. I can't generally fix picking the wrong date of dis uh, being disabled. Um, either you pick the right date or you don't pick the right date. If you pick the wrong date and you've been terminated, generally hard to fix if, if, if fixable at all. So it really takes a concrete, thorough analysis of your disability policy, a review of your medical records, a review of the financial information, and sometimes even a vocational analysis to pick the right date to claim you're disabled. Why? Because when I handle an application, I submit a shock and all claim package. That's the goal. I want your application with all the supporting documentation to hit the adjuster's desk like a big thud. So there's no question about your entitlement to benefits. There's no question about the amount of your benefits. There's no question other than when's the check coming. 
Okay, that's a wrap. Next week, I'm going to talk about the actual application and what you have to do to get the disability benefits you deserve. If you like this podcast, please like our page, leave a review, or share it with your family or friends. Remember, this podcast comes out weekly, so tune in next week for another episode of Winning Isn't Easy.